0: Okay. <laughs> It is Thursday, February 16th. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. Full house. Mark Porter and Bill Kerlick are here. There's going to be more info dealt out today than should be legal. Gentlemen, yesterday was one of the nicest days of the year in Ohio. And today it looks like the seventh circle of hell out there. (laughs) Welcome to the Buckeye State. How are you guys this fine morning? Very good.
1: Doing well on this uh, gray and rainy Central Ohio morning.
0: I opened the door for my dog this morning, and he looked back at me like, you go out there. Um, Anyway, (laughs) let's talk recruiting. These guys are the best, and we are in an interesting time. Lots of offers going out. um, Lots of evaluations being done. We just put one class really to bed. Mark can attest to that. And we are now kind of all sorts ahead on 2024 and on the transfer portal as we get ready for the upcoming season. Bill, you put in a crystal ball recently for a guy who was not really, I would say, a frontal radar dude. But there's a theme developing here, and that is, I talked to Steve Wolfong about this the other day. Arizona and Arizona State do a very poor job of recruiting their own state, apparently. And we have planted the flag there. Many quality players on the roster now from Arizona. Several in the mix. Miles Lockhart, a defensive back from Basha in Arizona. You have Crystal Ball to Ohio State. Who is he and why? And then maybe a little bit on what I would consider an Arizona surge, if I'm uh, accurate there.
1: Well, Miles Lockhart is a really good player. Um, Both sides of the ball, actually. He's pretty darn good on offense, too. But Ohio State's recruiting him as a a defensive back. They're recruiting him as a cornerback. Uh, Likely that he can play slot corner, but, uh, you know, he's really good. Um, Ohio State can fill a whole lot of defensive back needs, with the Ohio guys and Miles Lockhart. Lockhart could play the slot corner. And then you've got Bryce West and Aaron Scott as outside corners. And wow, you know, that's that's a that's a great trio there. And I can absolutely see that happening. In fact, I've uh, crystal balled all three of them to Ohio State at this point. You know, no guarantees, but you know, I like a high stage chances on all three of them. You know, it's interesting. Miles Lockhart maybe I think surprised some people as far as myself and Blair Angulo, uh crystal balling him to Ohio State and Blair knows those kids out there really well, very well. Blair does a fantastic job, um, but uh, back when Ohio State offered him, which has been about a year now, I believe ago that he that he got offered close to a year. Um, I wrote a story that Ohio State at that point was sitting in a good position for him. He really liked Ohio State. You know, they obviously liked him and um, that has continued. You know, he's been to Ohio State. He likes it out here. As you mentioned, Ohio State's done well recruiting Arizona. And one thing Ohio State does well uh, among many things, but that they've done really well, say in the last 10 years or whatever is Going to states that, for whatever reason, there's nobody in state uh, that you're really, really worried about recruiting against. Arizona and Arizona State are not at the top of the college football world right now. And Ohio State, as you mentioned, Dan, has been able to capitalize on that. Um, Tennessee might be changing a little now, but uh, you know for a while there. Yep. You didn't have to worry about too much the uh, in-state power, and high State did well there. And, you know, you look at different states across the country in the last 10 years or so, High State has done a really good job of identifying, well, the in-state team is not where it needs to be, for instance, or there isn't a great in-state team. That's why New Jersey was always so great to recruit that state. A lot of talent and no in-state power. So... That's a big part of why Ohio State has been able to recruit so well in Arizona, and will likely continue that.
0: They did a great job in the past <clears> two <throat> cycles also in North Dakota and Utah. <laughs> Basically, by getting one player out of that state, they monopolized the state, given the number of recruits that come out of there. But they're both quarterbacks, Lucas Keenholz and Devin Brown, but I digress. Mark, I want to put in context the defensive back set up here, because... We've talked about it, but having Aaron Scott and Bryce West in the same class, it's almost like having the Armstrong brothers be related in that you just, I don't remember, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember a class that had two guys that I thought were this good as you're just your basic island corners. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: No, you're right, because they both have that prototypical size. They're both around 200 pounds, 190 pounds, over six feet, if not, you know, six 6'1". Uh, that's as good as it gets for corner, having that type of beef out there to hand up on the run game. And then they run. They lock down their side of the field, and we keep forgetting about Jermaine Matthews. And, you know, I, this is a good, you know, I was even looking at the depth chart the other day, wondering when we're going to see my board, Jair Brown. And then, you know, I just did the breakdown on Davidson of Nosium wow, like it, it's an embarrassment of riches almost as the talent comes in here again. And as I broke down that Ignosium film, he's a 6'2 corner. He looks longer than that. You know, I mean, conference freshman of the year can be a tricky award. I mean, how many freshmen were playing? Uh, you know, it, it, you know, a lot of times if you're playing as a freshman, it's because you're good or the team needed you. So it's not necessarily that he's the best freshman in that conference, but Watching his tape coming out of high school, uh, you just said it, the last guy we talked about could play offense, defense, this is the same type of guy. I mean, he has blinding speed, range, and he's got a little swag to him, a little drip to him, as they say right now, where he's got some confidence, and you you can feel it in his game, where when he makes a play, he's going to let you know about it. Um, He he seems like the type of kid that his mouth's right and checks that he constantly has to the cash with his playing ability. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but his body language on film, you can tell he's confident having fun. So yeah, as we're getting into this corner market and worrying about the corners, there are some good names and some some competition. And that's what you want if you're if you're Ohio Mm -hmm. State, competitions and depth are the two things that are gonna make you good and and now you have that scenario. Not that you didn't before.
1: And Mark, you mentioned about being good on both sides of the ball. Well the last guy that Ohio State got uh, fitting that bill was pretty darn good on both sides of the ball, Denzel Burke. Um, when he was coming out of high school in Arizona, there was a lot of debate on where he would play. Would it be offense or defense? I know Ohio State recruited him all the way as a defensive player, but th- there were schools, plenty of schools, that looked at him as potentially a very good offensive player uh, as well. And he's he's turned out to be a pretty good player. And then also mentioned Mark um, – we can't forget about uh, Calvin Simpson Hunt coming in talent wise. It is really good.
2: Yeah. yeah, and you know, everyone asks, are they are these guys Marshawn Lattimore? I, I won't answer something like that because it's such a you know high high bar. But I haven't seen two corners like like uh, Dan was saying that have looked this good in Ohio in a while. These guys really look good when you see them in person. Uh, and you know what? If you gave them the chance to play offense, yeah. I think they would be unreal. Bryce wants to be a great receiver. So does Aaron Scott. Just like Jermaine Matthews did. When you saw him on offense returning kicks and the receiver, it was dominating. So the talent for these guys is off the charts. And anytime you have receiver skills at corner, you make plays. You know, the joke is, yeah, the reason you're playing DB is because you can't catch. These guys run routes like the receivers run routes. They'll run the route for you if you're not in the right spot.
1: And and by the way, don't forget pe- that uh, when these guys come to Ohio State, <laughs> they're getting NFL training every day. Going against that Ohio State wide receiver group, uh, mm-hmm. that is so impactful in, in your development. Uh, going against Marvin Harrison and Julian Fleming and Abuka and, and, and Carnell Tate coming in and Innocent; and those guys are Rodgers. Going against those guys every day is an NFL training.
2: It's like uh, taking batting. It's like taking batting practice, and the balls are going 105 miles an hour. And when you get in the game, a 95 mile an hour it seems easy.
0: And you add in the fact that they come from real programs. You know, they're not. Uh, although we we just said about how they don't get tested during the games because they're so good, they are battle tested guys from programs where they're going to be a little, probably a little more filled out physically. Um, if you've ever seen Springfield's weight room and you know what Glenville does, uh, those guys will not – I'll just say this. I would predict each one of them makes about as smooth a transition to the college life and approach as you can get, which is great. I want to touch a little bit on Davison Igbenosen that uh, Mark brought up earlier. We had a – Mark did his transfer evaluation of uh, Davison. It's up there now. Exclusive video you cannot get anywhere else. And when I did a little bit of a deep dive on him, this is actually a bigger deal to me um, and a better pickup than I even thought. And turns out, I think we may have dodged a bullet here too. If you go back and look, he was the number one player in the state of New Jersey when he was coming out. So he's a big time player. Um, And Mark said, physically, he fits all the characteristics you'd want in a corner. He's the ideal transfer time-wise. And then he's only played one season at an SEC school. And he's transferring and he can start right away. I'm telling you, that's a very hard matrix to figure out. Or it's I don't think there are many guys who can step in at Ohio State and start right away as a sophomore. Um, so to be able to go get one like that is incredible. And here's another thing he went to Ole Miss largely because Chris Patridge, his a high school recruiter or coach had gone to Ole Miss, and he followed him there. And then it came down to, in the transfer portal, Ohio State or Michigan, and he chose Ohio State. And Chris Patridge left Ole Miss for Michigan a few days ago. So had he done that two weeks before that, we may have been screwed. But anyway, uh, big-time pickup there, and we are excited about that. Uh, We will have more. We will try and do a similar kind of breakdown on Jihad, Jihad Carter coming up from Mark the Syracuse safety because we don't know as much about him either. All right, Bill. I'm going to take a quick break here and pay some podcast bills. Not just Bill right, And we're back. TSU State of Mind has a question, topical. Isn't Scott Crystal Ball leaning away from the Buckeyes? Not that I know of. Bill, help me out.
1: Uh, not that I've seen. Uh, last I checked yesterday, uh, w- when I was making uh, a crystal ball pick of the um, Armstrongs to Ohio state, I had checked a couple other things and um, uh, at that point, um,
0: Aaron Scott had a couple crystal ball picks and they're both to Ohio State. Yeah, I'd be like I said, I I had this discussion with uh, Steve Wiltfong on Tuesday. And I said I thought Jordan Marshall was a must-get, and he didn't seem to think that was the case. All these guys, the Armstrong brothers, Scott, West, Marshall, if you have an elite player in the state of Ohio, he's immediately a an an, uh, must-get. And if you want to win the championship and, and run this thing the way they run it. So Steve I agree to disagree.
1: Go ahead. And actually, Dan, I just checked there, and Scott still has two crystal balls picked as of this morning, and they're both to Ohio State.
0: Quality balls, we always like that. Let's talk uh, a couple things here, Bill. One is June 16th through the 18th that weekend. If you guys have plans, you may want to reschedule. There will be more content coming out of Bucknuts that weekend than you can shake a stick at. It is shaping up as. An incredible recruiting weekend, Bill. Also, like I reached out to you and asked if it was a special occasion. Uh, You've already got a lot of committed guys who will be here, but then you've got several time possible recruits who will be here. Let's talk about a few of them before we get into quarterbacks.
1: Well, uh, you've got K.J. Bolden from Georgia, who is about as good as any player in the country. Uh, we know the the history there a little bit. Uh, Perry Eliano's cousin, <clears throat> of course, Perry Eliano, is the Ohio State safeties coach. Uh, Charles Lester III, cornerback from uh, Florida, and he's right. <laughs> he's just as good as those other cornerbacks that we've talked about, and uh, absolutely one of the best in the country. I think that's going to be a little bit of a hard get for Ohio State, but. They're getting him on campus. He's interested in Ohio State, so we'll see what happens. Uh, You've got also from the state of Georgia, along with K.J. Bolden, you've got King Joseph Edwards, who from the get-go has told me Ohio State is one of his top three choices. I think, still, it's not going to be easy when you go into Georgia for a guy that Georgia has offered and offered early, but we'll see. And then Miles Lockhart we talked about, so uh, already shaping up to be a huge weekend. It's the middle of the month uh, weekend, so to speak, June 16th to the 18th. And um, that's a really good time in that, um, you know, if you wait till the last weekend in June, for instance, a lot of some guys are going to be off the board by then. They're going to commit before they even get to your school. So, you know, I think it's strategically very smart planning that Ohio State's trying to get these guys in uh, before the last weekend or so uh, of June when some of them may be off the board.
0: Let's finish with a little bit of a discussion on quarterback, Bill and Mark. There have been some more names that have popped up, Bill. Aaron Nolan is one of them. I saw they are interested in a quarterback out of Georgia. Mm -hmm. I'm curious uh, about the two guys from Ohio, though, Tavian Sinclair and Ryan Montgomery where is everything right now in terms of quarterback? I know Julian Sands' names come up, and he's a guy from Alabama they want. Um, Jaden Davis, I see Sue wants to know about him, and everyone thinks he might be a done deal to Michigan. Mark, you can maybe comment on what you think, uh, what you've heard about the two Ohio guys, and Bill, you may want to put the whole thing in context.
2: Yeah, um, every time we've watched Ryan Montgomery, even through basketball season, he gets better. You know, I mean, that was a – big, big offer for a freshman to get in Ohio. And a lot of it was due to the exposure his brother was getting at the time. And, you know, if you're taking a look at Big Brother, you might as well walk over and take a look at the little brother and try to predict the future. And I think a lot of college coaches did it accurately and nailed the Ryan Montgomery evaluation. Uh, Drop back quarterback, strong arm, reads the pocket well, gets rid of the ball quickly. Tavian St. Clair, I'll say I like better. I mean, it's not by much. Uh, it might go back and forth. If they both work out together, I reserve my right to change because maybe I could find a difference. But I've seen, uh, I think, Tavian twice now, and both times I walked away going, why isn't there more hype on this kid? Why why aren't we talking about him more? And usually when I feel like that, the, the, the train's coming, and I think this summer could be a, a, a big summer for him. Uh, Bell Fountain isn't exactly the home of anyone other than like maybe Al Bundy or someone, you know, like it's not a, a football hotbed. So as he gets around and as, you know, I've, I've seen him working on uh, Twitter a little bit, some films, I think he's going to blow people away. And I think he's a pretty good athlete. I think that's why I give him a nod is he might be able to run around a little better than Ryan. Uh, Ryan may throw it a little better, but I mean, really I, I reserve my right to change it back and forth, but, I think I'm just going to go out on a limb because no one's really talking about him. And I feel bad we're not talking about this kid, but you know, Ohio state may have to have both of them at camp and Ryan's going to have the edge at Ohio state. You know, his brother's there. It's, it's an easier fit. If you, if you would ever take the other one over Ryan, there better be a really good reason. And it better be a gap that someone like me can say, yeah, it's, it's a big gap like this. It's not, I'm not sure going either way. So I hope I accurately described those two, and I hope it plays out that way. But for the Class of 2024 in Ohio, we may have a little battle.
0: So, Bill, can you put in context what, what you think or you know Ohio State thinks of those guys compared to the other names we've heard and maybe introduce us to Aaron Nolan and the other dudes?
1: Yeah the uh, the other name that um, that I posted a story on our site yesterday for 2025 to go along with Ryan Montgomery and um, um, uh, gosh um, the Bell Falcon Davian Saint Clair Davian Saint Clair, St. St. Right? St. Clair um, who I think I agree I agree with Mark Davian's really good I mean. Um, I think uh, well, I know Mark and I saw Tavian at Ohio State this summer and uh, were impressed. Um, you know, he's six foot three; he's got the height. Uh, he's terrific athlete, like Ryan Montgomery. He also plays basketball, uh, so it'll be interesting. But the other, the other guy to, uh, I put in the mix yesterday, Antoine Hill from Georgia. Uh, he is a 2025 quarterback that's already got offers. Including in-state Georgia, already got a nice offer list. Ohio State hasn't seen him uh, throw in person yet. I think that as soon as they do, he's going to get an Ohio State offer as well. I would guess. Uh, I think he threw for, I believe, it's thirty-seven hundred yards as a sophomore and forty touchdowns with three interceptions. Not bad for your sophomore year in high school. He's six foot five. Uh, that also yeah. doesn't hurt. Um, so keep in mind Antoine Hill from Georgia, uh, as another name to potentially get an Ohio state 2025 quarterback offer. Uh, and then while we're talking about Georgia, Air Nolan, uh, yeah. I actually talked to him again yesterday. I had, I had mentioned him quite a long time ago, actually. I, he's 24. Uh, am I correct? Yeah. He's a 2024 quarterback. I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, because yeah. I kind of switched years there without well, no, saying, yeah, I, I, but, think, uh, I think
0: I may have led us uh, in there incorrectly, but go ahead.
1: Uh, but uh, Aaron Nolan, I I talked to him again yesterday. I did uh, one or two articles and items and things on him really early. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, October, November, perhaps. Um, He's definitely interested in Ohio State. He is from the same high school as Jelani Thurman. Doesn't hurt there either. Um, He will go ahead and visit Ohio State March 31st. Right now he doesn't have an offer from Ohio State, but – they have seen him throw. They, they stopped at his school at the end of January. Uh, I believe it was Ryan Day and Corey Dennis. Um, so I think that, uh, that an offer could come when he visits March 31st because they have seen him throw. He is a left-hander, put up big numbers as uh, he led his team to undefeated season and Georgia State Championship. So he's a winner. Uh, so that's another name. I really – think it's going to be hard for Ohio State to get either Julian Sand to get him to decommit from Alabama and flip to Ohio State. That's not an easy task. And mm-hmm. Jaden Davis is not going to be an easy task. So they're continuing to reset the 2024 quarterback board, and Aaron Nolan is certainly a guy
0: uh, to keep an eye on. All right. We're going to finish with Mark Porter going schematic on us. As you guys know, Mark did the eye in the sky for us. That's his brand and did it for the all of the Ohio State games this year and became an expert on the Jim Knowles approach and hullabaloo that surrounded his approach. Chris Glover wants to know why can't Knowles run a five-man front and utilize JT and Sawyer as line of scrimmage edge players? I'd like to see a zero-tech put pressure on centers. Mark, your thoughts on Chris Glover's question and uh, how James Knowles approaches things.
2: Yeah, without going into another half-hour segment and getting out the X and O's and drawing stuff up, uh, you know, those two guys, if you have them both at end, they're not typically guys that are going to drop out of there, so it's telling the defense they're coming, they're pass rushing. Uh, we like to think Jack Sawyer could drop out of there. And if they were both at end, you probably end up in a you know, a 4-3 defense you know, with two edge rushers or nine techniques that, that you could use that pass rushing ability because I think that's what people want to see out of those guys is, is the intense pass rush coming off both sides. Uh, the way Knowles is doing it, there's a 4-2 defense, but these ends these days, you know, they're using them to drop out high. I, I mean, I've seen these guys kind of – kick in the five technique where they're almost being used as a defensive tackle. Uh, Knowles is a new age system. Okay. It's, it's built for the new age offenses, the four receivers and seeing scripts and a guy to the boundary. It's not built for the old days of tight ends and fullbacks and stuff like that. And I think just in general, the, the five, three defense or the five man front where, you know, you really have a heavy front and a, and a big one tech and, those days are tough unless you're seeing that personnel. And, of course, I've pointed it out a bunch. When Ohio State sees double tight for that personnel, they kick into those old-school old school bear fronts or 5-3 fronts and get eight, nine guys in the box. Uh, I just don't think it's ever going to be a base package. I think you're going to see what you're talking about, you know, the, those guys at ends and, another, and specific packages, you know, but I just don't think it's ever going to be the core – principles of the Jim Knowles defense his core principles are m- more worried about secondary coverage and more worried about giving the quarterback fits and putting more speed on the field with three safeties and you know playing that game I just think that I- I've seen it in high school and i am even seeing it now middle school levels that this offense where everyone one back and four wides in the game it's here to stay and, and it's really mm-hmm. something that defenses you can't play it I, I mean I as I remember the traditional play defenses. I played it in college or played it in high school. It was your base five, three and your base four, four, you know, your base eight man fronts with the cover three shell behind it. And those defenses do not work against the spread. They just simply don't. And now you're seeing three fives, you're seeing four twos. And and that's more prevalent than I think a lot of guys, maybe like old school guys like to see. So I know I dove into that pretty deep and, that's Bill, maybe make me dive into a, a math question here, but I hope the <laughs> Bucknuts are enjoying that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we got—we cannot leave without you addressing this question, Mark, because I was asking my chat yesterday uh, about one that is right up your alley in your neck of the woods. I'm in Central Ohio. Mark is in Northeast Ohio. I got the question: uh, Why are Akron and Kent State not recruiting? Northeast Ohio as much as they're going other places out of state and all. And my obvious answer is they've a lot of good players out of state that they feel like they can get. But I told him the guy to ask that question of right up his alley is Mark Porter.
2: Yeah, as a former Kent State guy and knowing Akron very well. And really, when I got into this 20 years ago, that was the the question that was asked to you about why don't they hit Northeast Ohio harder, Cleveland, Akron, Canton, Youngstown should be plenty for them. That was my exact question 15, 20 years ago. And as it, you watch those teams, a couple different theories maybe have popped in. Uh, the first one is kids from Cleveland, Akron, Canton don't want to go to Akron or Kent. The same way kids from Youngstown don't want to go to Youngstown. And the same the thing the kids from Dayton don't want to go to Dayton. Okay. They want to go anywhere else you know and sometimes the farther the better uh because of mac action being on tv three nights a week it's now a national brand and kids in florida and california and texas think of kent and akron as big time schools you know they see them on tv they see the glitz and the glam and they don't have a mac in in texas they really don't have that in florida so these schools are division one and when coaches go to those areas they can get a pretty, you know, high-value target or a, you know, a lot of star-ranked target and bring them back to Ohio. Uh, it, it's aggravating the guys like me in Ohio who think we have the same here. Um, I should be selling the Ohio talent, but there's only so much to go around. Okay, and the biggest thing I learned is the MAC gets disrespected because. High school coaches and fans think, well, everybody can play in the Mac. Anybody can do that. It's, it's, you know, just take the kids locally. Anybody can do it. You know, uh, get the, the tough, hard-nosed kids from this area, you'll be fine. And I tell you what, it's just like I say about D3 football. Go to a game. It's better football than you think. Mac football is better football than you think. You know, every now and then they do shake up the college football world and take out a power, and traditionally they won't do that, but it's great football. Uh, you need talent. You need speed. You can't just take the leftovers in the Cleveland, Africa, and Youngstown area. And and one MAC coach, and I'll you know end it by saying this: said if we want to get beat by other MAC teams, we'll keep taking MAC players. So right. what these guys are trying to do are find the Big Ten players that aren't going to the Big Ten, and they're turning over other stones. and And I think the 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 guy who asked the question may be right. There are. Mac players in that area, but they don't want Mac players. They don't want to lose their job in three years and go four and seven or something and not go to the bowl game. So I hope that answers it. I do have a ton of respect for the players in Northeast Ohio, the Americana and the Friday night lights and the toughness and the weight rooms that go on in this area are as good as any in the country, uh, the development, that stuff. But, you know, I think the Mac is a better conference than you think, you know, think when you think Mac conference, Think of the bottom three or four teams in the Big Ten each year, and that's where some of those top uh, MAC teams are playing every year. You know, so there is a crossover at the bottom end of these conferences. I think that's that's closer than people think.
1: And as I've said for many years, people don't realize how good you have to be, just so to speak, just to play in the MAC. You got to be a good football player, real good.
2: Yeah, it really, it really that's I think. That that's the biggest misconception is the disrespect for the MAC, Uh, and and sometimes on an 85 man or 120 man roster on a MAC, you may know a few kids and be like, wow, I can't believe that kid made it. Well, he's not in the starting 22. You filter that 85 man team down to a starting 22, and I guarantee you, there's 15 or 20 dogs out there, you know, or 50. You know, they might not be happy with their entire roster. If you got into a MAC staff room. I bet you they'd say of their eleven starters, we like six or seven, and the other four, uh, we wish we could find better, but we're you know that, that would probably be the honest truth. Where Ohio State says, on our offensive eleven, we love them, and we probably got ten guys behind them we love, before we start you know pulling our hair out. So I think that's another way to look at how those teams are built.
0: It's also pretty basic when you're recruiting at Ohio State. You know what I mean. The guys that Ohio State is, is recruiting are the best of the best, choosing between the best of the best. The Mac, like you said, is trying to get guys who maybe have, like, a, you know, are dancing with uh, Iowa, and, you know, you've got to convince them to get it to play a bigger role in the Mac than you would be in another place. So there's a ton more variables involved than just come here and be a pro or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's role changes. There's, like, you know, the quarterbacks. Like, you see the quarterbacks leave to go get snaps and stuff. If you need to know what the MAC is like, just go pull up a few NFL rosters and scroll down, and you will be amazed at how good some of their players are. The beauty of football, man, is, you know, you enter high school or you enter college at 18 – by the time you're 22, 23, you could be a completely different human being, man. It's a fluid situation. Um, and I think Ohio, actually, we're lucky to have the Mac here. Um, who knows? As the transfer portal gets a little bit more routine, I would not be surprised to see any freshman Mac All-Star in the future be a target for even Ohio State or a Michigan or something like that. So
2: we'll be t- – and, and even, you know, the answer might be – uh, these Mac schools are taking a lot of players that, hey, I went to Ohio State because I was choosing from the best of the best, but I'm not waiting three years to play now and I want to go back to Kent or yeah. wherever. So you're going to get a, I don't want to say parody like the NFL, but there's a lot of big time players that are transferring back to the Mac, you know, to get on the field and get developed. And, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer to this question where these guys recruit. But uh, when I saw Kent's class this year, I don't know if they had an Ohio guy in it, you know, and I know there was a change of coach there at the last second and he might have been bringing guys from the national board of Minnesota over and, you know, Minnesota isn't diving into Ohio as much as some of the other schools. So, you know, I, I see where he's coming from with that. And of course being alumni, I, I've, I've followed it for a while.
0: Yeah. There are teams, teams that went in the Mac, if you really nerd out on the rosters, they usually do have a nice blend of locals and then a couple dudes from Florida who maybe didn't academically crack it and have a second chance somewhere. You know what I mean? At, at the key positions. I mean, I can't remember his name. Toledo's quarterback was one of the best players Ohio State went up against this year. Stunned. Yeah, so, Bad. yeah Bad. man. Yeah. So whatever his name was, he had a good, great season. We appreciate these guys stopping by. By the end, I run out of names and just – have hard trouble paying attention, but that's the way it is. Bill's glasses are off. Probably <laughs> gonna go uh, for a jog in the rain. Mark <laughs> <not. laughs> We appreciate it. you guys. Have a great weekend.